It's Thursday, December 30th, and this is Talk Commerce. This episode, we interview Leslie Kuster, who talks about her new book, Money and Freedom, Seven Master Keys to Seven Figures for Women Entrepreneurs. We talk about some of the finer points from the book and how those points can help people achieve their goals. The way to be successful in e-commerce is to know who you are serving. Leslie talks about how Amazon FBA will help you get on board quickly with your e-commerce business and start selling right away. The book is a must read and this podcast is a must listen. And now your free joke. I was really embarrassed when my wife walked in on me playing with my son's train set. So in a moment of panic, I threw a bed sheet over it. I think I've managed to cover my tracks. <laughs> the Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce today. I have Leslie Kuster coming to us from a wonderful island in Greece. Leslie, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and maybe one of your passions in life. Yeah, thanks, friends. I'm so happy to be here. Um, yeah, as you said, I am sitting on an island in uh, Greece right now called Paros. Uh, my husband and I have kind of decided to become nomads. He just quit his job. Um, and I have my e-commerce business, so we are able to live anywhere we want to right now. So the name of my business is called Back from Bali, and I manufacture clothing in Bali, Indonesia for women and sell it primarily on Amazon as well as my own website. And I now help other women entrepreneurs have successful businesses so they can have more money and have more freedom. Yeah, that's great. And um, uh, I know that uh, we talked a little bit in our green room about what does it mean to be an entrepreneur, how um, how more people can get involved, and especially um, especially women and getting women involved in entrepreneurship. Maybe you could talk a little bit about your journey, how you ended up being an entrepreneur, and uh, what drove you to do that. You know, I think now with where the world is at right now, I think it is more important than ever that people and in particular women become entrepreneurs if they're drawn to do that. So that's the first thing is you need to actually have a desire 
to be an entrepreneur and want to be an entrepreneur. But if you do have any desire to, to work for yourself, uh, to be independent in that way, to not be dependent on getting a job, and there's like a calling inside of you to be an entrepreneur, then there is nothing better, in, I think, in the whole world than to be an entrepreneur and to create your own business in your own life. And the way I started it was simply from that is I needed to find a job. This is going back years now when I was living in New York City and I was working in public relations and I had just returned from a big trip in Indonesia and I needed to find a job and I just didn't want to have a job. And I had a light bulb moment, literally, where I remembered the beautiful clothing I had seen in Bali, Indonesia. And I just had a thought, I wonder, I wonder if I went back to Bali and I bought clothing, I wonder if I could bring it back to New York and sell it. And that is how I started my entrepreneurial journey many years ago. We're going back like 30 years because I simply didn't want to get a job. So you need to have that passion, that wanting, uh, and that is probably one of the most important things to have because truthfully, it's not easy being an entrepreneur. It's quite hard and there's so many challenges to deal with. Yeah, I think that you hit the you hit it uh you hit it on the head there about not wanting a job because as an entrepreneur you don't necessarily see it as a job you just see it as i don't know if i'd even say the word lifestyle but uh definitely it is a <clears throat> it's a passion that you want to take on and it's a passion that you are driven to do um so i know you're you're writing a book that you wrote a book and it's going to be out soon seven keys to se seven figures for women entrepreneurs uh, maybe you could uh, tell us about some of those key points. Yeah, sure. I would love to. You know, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, as I said, uh, but I wasn't a successful entrepreneur until really in the last eight, eight to nine years. And what happened was that in my early 50s, I, I actually had two businesses, but neither of them was doing that well. And I made a really conscious decision that I wanted to really elevate my income and the money that I was making. And even more than that, I wanted to feel more empowered and feel more successful in my life and have more choices and be able to do what I wanted to do and not have the money restrict me. And I actually made a very conscious decision and I started on a journey to make that happen. And I did make it happen. And when I was reflecting in the last few years of how in the world I did this, I thought it would be incredibly helpful for other women in particular who were like me too, who are entrepreneurs, but maybe not really doing as well as they wanted to be doing. And I thought, I want to reflect on how I did it and what were the keys that made me elevate my business from doing five figures to doing multiple seven figures, which it is now. And that is why I wrote my book. My book, the purpose of my book is to help other women entrepreneurs so they could be successful too. And yeah, as you said, there's seven very specific keys and I'll, and I'll share certainly as many as you like, but the first one is actually wanting it. That is the most important 
one of all is you have to want success and you have to want money and you have to want the success that you define as successful, as, as I, I call it, authentic success. So if you are, for example, someone who, you know, for, for example, I, ha I, I had a client, right? And she, she, we got in our first call, she was a jewelry designer. And she said to me, you know, I don't really want to work that hard. She said, if I can just do like an extra thousand dollars a month, I would be really satisfied. And so when I hear that, then I know this is someone who doesn't want it enough. And that is absolutely the first and most important key is you need to want it like you've never wanted anything more in your life. There needs to be that incredible focus and energy towards it. Um, either you're motivated from that you need to be more independent, you don't want to depend on anybody else, or you're motivated because you want to put your children through better school, or you're motivated because you have an incredible idea that you want to get out to the world. But that wanting has to be so incredibly strong to be able to take you forward. Uh, you, you mentioned the money part. And uh, yesterday I did an interview with another uh, young lady who's an entrepreneur and she turned down a six-figure job to do her passion. And she has a vision where she'd like to get, but for her, the money part is not a driving factor. It's her vision of where she wants to get to. What do you say to somebody that has a really good paycheck and is deciding, do I want to stay with the corporate life or do I want to do my passion as an entrepreneur? You know, you're talking to someone... <laughs> who gave up working for somebody else 30 years ago. So if I would say, if you have any interest to be an entrepreneur or have that some kind of vision like this lady had that you spoke to, then absolutely do it. You know, I have had a lot of losses in my life. I've had a lot of deaths, um, sadly, of losing people I've loved when I was as early as 17 and at 30 years old. Um, more recently. And death has been something that I have walked next to my entire life. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because we don't have much time in this lifetime, this gift that we've been given of living our lives. And if you have any yearning or any passion or any desire to be doing something other than what you're doing right now, then it's so important that you follow that. The reason we don't follow it is because of fear. And that is really the only reason. Um, yeah. And I think that you, you had mentioned early this calling inside of you, an inner, inner drive to do something. Um, how do you prompt or how, how would somebody go through that decision process as an entrepreneur to decide, hey, I'm going to give up my job and and dive in and and take that leap of faith to do the next thing? Yeah, well, you know, as I said, you have to want it, okay? It has to be like you, you know, human beings, we're all the same. We don't jump off cliffs unless we're really forced to. We're not, we do not leave comfortable situations. We do not leave comfortable jobs. We don't leave comfortable relationships. And the only time we really 
make the changes is if we're uncomfortable, if the relationship just sucks, if the, if you can't stand walking into that company a, a minute longer, if you can't stand looking at your bank account and having no money to pay the bills that you want to be paying. Those are the experiences that you absolutely need to have if you want to start a business and if you want to be an entrepreneur. If you're too comfortable, like that woman I was saying earlier, who, who is a potential client, because uh, I do do consulting, if you're too comfortable, you're not going to do anything. So the seed to, to tremendous success, to making money, to following your passion, whatever it is, is actually to be uncomfortable in the situation you are now. So it can ricochet you to something different. Yeah, I think that you that, that that word uncomfortable is something that I hear over and over again. Uh, and I'm in um, I'm in Entrepreneurs Organization, which is a worldwide uh, entrepreneurs uh, peer group. And uh, I just had the I had the conversation yesterday with one of my uh, with one of my small group um, uh, partners who said that he is always looking for things that make him uncomfortable in in the sense that that's where he knows that he's pushing the boundaries on things that he would like to do and should do. Uh, so as, as one of those seven key points, where does comfortable, uncomfortable come in for you? <laughs> I mean, just to give you an example of how uncomfortable I've gotten in the last uh, in a few weeks, uh, my husband is Swiss. I'm from New York. And really, for the last several years, I really wanted to return to the U.S. But my husband had a job and he works for a company. So I have asked my husband to quit his job. And in fact, I have just retired my husband as of a, literally a week ago, which is why we're now in Greece. This has been super uncomfortable. I have known that if I wanted to return to, to the U.S., which is where I'm from, with him, and I did want to stay with him and him come with me, then I needed to ask him to leave his job and for me to become, at least at this time, the, the only and primary breadwinner in, in our family. And it's not so comfortable to do these things. It's not so comfortable that we rented out our, our apartment in Zurich, and it's not so comfortable we have literally no home at the moment. But I know that this is the right step for us and it's the right step for for our growth, for his growth, because he was bored in his job and for my growth, because I knew I wanted to leave Switzerland and get back to the U.S. So I am quite familiar with what uncomfortable feels like right this moment. And I, I know it's not fun. And the thing is, is when we take these leaps, when we, we quit the job, when we leave the relationship, when we start the business and we don't see any results. And this is actually key number seven in my book, which is I call um, really is about pumping the water. OK, it's just knowing that set, setbacks and failures are going to happen. I love the the image of pumping the water. And if you could just imagine one of those old fashioned water pumps that you, you know, imagine in the old movies and they pump and pump and pump and there's no water coming and you have to really strain and really get those muscles out and keep pumping. And then 
finally there's maybe a drip and then a little bit more and then there's a stream and that is what building a business is and that is what making changes do and are when you don't see any results you have to work and you have to pump the water and you have to leap off the bridge and you haven't yet seen the the profit from it in any way and that's called being uncomfortable but that that's what we're supposed to be doing in our lives yeah that's a that's a great image you've painted i i can we i live in minneapolis and we have a chain of lakes and we have a number of pumps around the lake system where they haven't replaced them with the standard drinking fountains so uh you have to have some faith in the fact that that work you're doing to get the water out of that pump is actually going to happen. So as, right. as an entrepreneur, having that faith and, and having that knowledge that that work you're doing is going to yield some results. Exactly. And that, again, is, is it relates to key number one, which is which was which is wanting it, you know, like, you know, why do you want it? Because when you're pumping that water or, or building that business or whatever you're doing and you see absolutely no results and that definitely happens, you know, it happened to me for years where I, I was kind of doing mediocre you start to think, you know, should I quit? Am I not good enough? Maybe the product is bad, you know, all these kind of things. But if you have that wanting and you have your why, why you're putting yourself through this difficulty, then you can withstand those moments of the pump having nothing in it. Yeah, I think the the why is uh, is is the question um, that you should always ask and, and maybe what, what makes your your journey, your product unique to everybody else's. There's, there's all kinds of questions that should be asked as an entrepreneur. And then I think complacency, uh, you mentioned that earlier, it's easy to be complacent in a job where you're getting a paycheck uh, because your paycheck isn't necessarily always tied to uh, the fact that uh, you have a new idea or you, you want to try to make something better. It's, it's tied to something a little bit different as an entrepreneur. You have more of that control and that, um, and and that drive to always ask the whys and the what's help that product or that service you're selling to be bigger and better. Um, you so you you have you you mentioned that you you want to help young women entrepreneurs. What what is it that that the book gives to them specifically that that sets it apart from a, a bald white male from the Midwest? I want women to literally stand up, up and shout, I want money. I can't tell you how many women entrepreneurs that I speak with, because I did a lot of um, interviews for the book, who will say things like, money's not that important to me. I would do my job and my, my work and my business even if I made no money. Uh, I'm not a money person. Um, I don't, I'm not a numbers person. You know, I don't want to go down that route. It's not for me, blah, 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 all, all go on and on and on and on. And I really believe that this is a, a limited mindset issue that is actually keeping women small and keeping women from playing big. Uh, one of my favorite books at the moment is from Tara Moore, a book called uh, Playing Big. 
And it's very, very important that women really look at their belief systems around money, uh, what they were taught, what their parents taught them or whoever raised them and what they believe a woman should do and how much she should make and if she should talk about money or not speak about money. This needs to change because in order for women to really step into power, and that's what I want to see, and that is why I've written this book, in order for women to step into empowerment and power, be more independent, they need to actually create money so they can make the changes in the world and be the change agent that they want to be in the world. And it is so important to understand that money is part of it. And there's nothing bad or even good about money. It's just is a, it's, it's basically a, a way of for you to create whatever it is you want to create in your life. It's your attitude towards it that defines it as bad. Um, you, so you, you have a website, you have an e-commerce business, um, and you're selling, um, your, um, it's a clothing business, right? Uh, so maybe tell yes. us a little bit about how you got into that. I know you mentioned a trip to Bali. But what drove you then to draw to do that and then uh, maybe tell us about the e-commerce part of it and how you got into that part of it? Yeah, I'd love to. So it, it was, you know, it started, you know, when do things really start? I had my, my apartment was robbed. <laughs> I, had, I had insurance and all of a sudden I had insurance money and I decided to take a trip to Indonesia. This is going back years and years. And I did. And I traveled for seven months. And then I returned, as I had mentioned before, and there was that that moment of needing the job. And so I, I literally jumped back on the plane again and with a big duffel bag. And I went back to Bali and I started buying off the street this gorgeous uh, batik, which is a, a, a handicraft in Bali where they make the fabrics beautiful batik in children's clothing. And I went back to New York and I started selling it at street fairs, at markets. And I did that for years. Uh, and I think my first website was a Yahoo website. I think this was in the, in the mid nineties or something like that. And then I got onto this thing called shop.com. This is really early internet. And then there was Amazon and Amazon was just doing books, as we all know, at the very beginning. And all of a sudden, Amazon started to expand into doing other things besides books. And they also started to realize that if they want to grow as an e-commerce platform, they need to control the ship, the shipping, they need to control when the customer is going to receive it. And as we all know, the reason why we buy from Amazon is because we know we can get it tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, where years ago, if everyone remembers, you couldn't do that. And even, even now it's sometimes hard on other people's websites to get your pro your product the next day. So Amazon started something called FBA fulfillment by Amazon. So they started buying up warehouses where they had their merchants' products stored in their warehouse so they can start shipping it. And Amazon literally called me one day and they said, we noticed that you are selling these children's leggings, which is what I was selling at the time. But we noticed that 
you know, you're shipping, you know, you're not, you're not getting it to the customer for another week or so. And we think we can help you send it to us, send it to us, our warehouse, and we will ship it for you. And let's see what we can do. And that was the start of my business. And that is how it started. And I, I then moved into a different product line, women's clothing. As you said, I manufacture women's mostly resort, relaxed kind of looking colorful clothing from Bali, Indonesia. And it's called Back from Bali. And I sell it on my website and on Amazon. Yeah, that's interesting. So you were very early then with Amazon, if they actually called you, I don't think they're calling many people anymore. No. I think they're, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, FBA by Amazon has been such a hot topic lately. Um, how do you balance, do you balance out the amount of product that you want to sell on Amazon compared to your own website? And certainly you make a little bit more money when you're selling it on your own. Well, you get to keep a, a higher percentage when you're selling it on your own, but there's like 200 million more people looking on Amazon than they are on my own website. So Amazon is a phenomenal platform for, for businesses and for people interested in, in e-commerce. And anybody who wants to start or, or has already started an e-commerce business really needs to be selling on Amazon unless they have a very, a whole different product line. There's some products that maybe are not right for Amazon, but that's very few. So I really do encourage people to sell on Amazon. And, you know, even now the great majority of my sales are on Amazon and not on my website. Yeah, we, and we, I did an interview earlier uh, in the year with with a person who consults on getting brands or even new businesses onto Amazon. So I, I recognize that it is a very important part of what people or how people are fulfilling their product. And I, we even we have customers that we're we have a digital agency, so we have customers that allow you to expand across borders very easily using Amazon FBA, especially if you're. If you were in the UK and you wanted to sell into Europe, it makes it much easier for them to uh, expand across the borders and use the, the fulfillment warehouses uh, to ship products in that country. And I think in the US now we have the ability to even fulfill into Mexico with Amazon Prime if you use their warehouse system. So it, it does make, as an entrepreneur, makes your life easier. And uh, I yeah, think- Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And in fact, Amazon now has an, and .com, Amazon.com has the ability now to, as you mentioned, to sell into Canada and Mexico without sending my products to store in Amazon Mexico. So there's different ways that you could sell into different Amazon platforms. You could literally have inventory stored in the UK. You could literally have inventory stored in Germany, or you could literally have inventory stored in Canada or Mexico. But Amazon now is enabling brands, just brands to be able to do this, to basically keep all of their uh, inventory just in .com in the United States, and they will ship for you into Canada and Mexico. Now, as a vendor, as a merchant, that is Oh, that is like the best news in the world for me because I don't have to buy for Mexico. I don't have to buy for Canada and I don't have to buy separately for the for dot com. So that's just so cool. They're doing this now. 
Um, as a uh, the the worries that I've heard as some vendors is that Amazon will sometimes take a really good idea and start sourcing that directly, uh, and then cut you out. Uh, do you I you I think you're in a very unique area where that probably wouldn't happen. But how would you say to protect as a young entrepreneur if you have a if you have a great idea? I'll, I have a friend who sourced a product out of China, had it patented, made, and then uh, Amazon just copied it and did something somewhat similar. Yeah, I've heard they've done some not such great things uh, as well. The only thing you can really do, and this is what's, this is how Amazon has changed. Years ago, you could just buy products wherever you want to buy it in China, whatever. You could buy a scap, you know, a, a, you know, something for the home or something, a spoon, <laughs> and you could sell it on Amazon. You have to have a brand now. You have to be branded now and get brand registry, get trademark to be able to compete on Amazon. So what that means is you need to really niche down. Uh, so in the past, you could maybe sell, you know, the spoon and you can sell a, a cover for your iPhone and you could sell a pillowcase and you can sell all of these different commodities and a light bulb and whatever. Those days are so way over. So the way now to, to be, be successful in e-commerce, honestly, is to know who you are serving and what problem you're trying to serve. So for example, I have a client right now, her business is serving menopausal and, and perimenopausal women. So even before she wanted to create her products, she started to really offer free content to, to on social media around the topic of menopause. And she created a following. She created people who were suffering from this problem and who wanted solutions for it. So she already had a whole hundreds of people around her in, in Facebook and Instagram who were interested in getting more information from her. That is honestly how you build brands these days, is really to know what problem you're solving to already collect people who are in need of getting solutions to that problem or have shared interests or problems, and then to launch products that will help those people. And that is the way of protecting your brand and the way of protecting your products as well, because you have customers already who, who like you, who trust you, and who will buy only from you and not from other competitors on Amazon or wherever else they see it. Yeah, I think that that branding part of it is the key, especially on Amazon, uh, to making sure that that your product is is unique, but also uh, it helps to uh, build you out if you were to get into the big box stores and and the the you know the journey uh, on a brand is always I, I uh, Amazon would be a channel. At some point, I would love it if my products were in Target or in Macy's or wherever the wherever the proper place for that brand is uh, and growing that brand. Um, what, so as, as a, as a young woman entrepreneur, what would you say to them? I, I have this great idea for a small product. I want to sell it. How would they get started? Yeah, I think you have to start now with 
Okay, there's really two things. First of all, you need to have your why, why you're about to step into this world that is really tough, okay? Like, why are you not getting a job or staying in your job and you are really going off on your own? So again, that wanting it in that why has to be really strong inside of you. If it is, then step two is what problem do you want to solve? What are you trying to solve? Where's the pain points as, as we use here? Okay, who, who is suffering and why do they need help? Or do they need to lose weight? Do they need to um, learn how to do something? Do they want to fish and they need ideas on you know how to be a better fisherman? Who are you serving and why are you serving them? And then the, the next step is actually to start to create content that would serve that person. So you literally could do a blog or you can start Instagram or Facebook or basically giving people free information out there around this topic. So these are the steps really to do. Then of course you need to start uh, brainstorming what kind of products and one mistake that a lot of people make and entrepreneurs make is by by not going to Amazon and brainstorming on Amazon. So we kind of like sit in our own little bubble and we, you know, start to think, I wonder what product I should do. Oh, I wonder, you know, can I do this or can I do that? And there's really two places you really need to be starting. First of all, it's the people that I was speaking about who you're serving and what problem do they have? And once you start doing, have people in your ecosystem that you can actually ask, you could ask them, what problems do you have? What products do you use? What would you like to see? So now you get that answer. And then you go to Amazon or you go online and you start to see what is out there. And I'll just share with your listeners a little ninja trick, which I like to call, which is the best way to really find products that are needed to be sold more online or on Amazon is to start reading reviews of products that would be similar to things you would want to sell and to look at the bad re reviews. Look at the, the one star, the two star, maybe the three star to see what customers are complaining about. And you go fix that and make something better. Yeah, that is a perfect way to do it. Um, so you know, we, have, we have a few minutes left here. If you have a nugget that you could give to somebody that already has an e-commerce store, what would you tell them? Well, I would tell them to look at their numbers. That was That is the most important thing. So first of all, make sure that you have an online bookkeeping system. I use Xero, it's spelled X-E-R-O. And that way you can really see your profit and loss sheet, your income statement every single you know week, you know, or every single month at least to look at. You need to know your numbers and you need to know what you're spending and what's coming in. And you need to know the wonderful world net. Your net is what you get to keep in your pocket. And without really knowing your numbers and, and getting intimate with them and looking at them and, and speaking to your bookkeeper, your accountant about them, then you are really not taking responsibility for your business. And there's no way, no way your business is going to grow and you're, no way your business is going to be successful unless you start to look at those numbers and love, love those numbers and learn about what you can do in, to improve those numbers. 
It's, it's, it's really, it's about getting intimate with money and intimate with your bank account and intimate with those expenses. Yeah. And I think part of that is just measuring and knowing that whatever's happening, going back to the website idea, if you don't know where your traffic's coming from and you don't know what they're doing when they get to your site and you don't know why so many people are abandoning their carts or whatever that thing, if you don't even know they're abandoning their carts without measuring it, you don't know where you're going. So you're exactly right in that. Those numbers help to paint that picture for you to see the road ahead and to learn how you can do better. And testing it consistently pushes you to find better ways to do things and experimenting to find those things to do that are that's going to increase your business. Yeah, exactly. And I suggest also that... Um, to, to try to find a bookkeeper that knows a system called Profit First. Uh, I don't know if you know know that book. It's mm-hmm. from um, Mike Michalowicz. I run my business on Profit First, and that was a, a complete game changer for me. Um, perfect. So, you know, as we close out the show, I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug. Oh, I you love that. You can plug anything you'd like today. Yeah, sure. I would love to. So yeah, as mentioned, I've written a book. It is will be coming out. It's called Money and Freedom, Seven Keys to Seven Figures. So I would love you if you are interested in the book, if you're interested in knowing how to build a successful seven-figure business or a six-figure or eight-figure, then go to my website. It's the best way to learn about me, lesliecooster.com. There is a link there that just says start now and you will get access to a video that says three things to do before 9 a.m. to make seven figures. And also I share tons of free content to help you be successful and make more money and have more freedom, which is what I want for all women. Great. Thank you, Leslie Cooster. Money and freedom, seven keys to seven figures for uh, women entrepreneurs. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Brent. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.